In the first decades after the invention of photography, the sun was often credited as the author of a photograph. Sunlight was required to expose the metal plates on which images were fixed in daguerreotype, the first widely used photographic process in the United States. And the sun was necessary in all the processes that followed, until artificial light came into wide use in the 1880s. Adequate lighting was so crucial during the early days of photography, given the state of the lenses and chemistry involved, that photographs could not be made on cloudy days, and photographers installed skylights in the roof of their studios to let in more sunlight. In the 1840s, writers on both sides of the Atlantic often seriously argued that American daguerreotypes were better than English ones, because an American sun shines brighter, as one newspaper writer put it. The names first given to photography, sun drawing, sun pictures, nature's pencil, suggest that a photograph was something created mechanically, scientifically, objectively. Nature, in the form of sunlight, pushed the pencil that drew the image. No artist, indeed no person, was responsible for the photograph itself, which was a precise representation of what the lens of the camera faced. Even a man as sophisticated as Oliver Wendell Holmes, writing in the early 1860s, titled two influential articles he wrote about photography, Sun Painting and Sun Sculpture, and Doings of the Sunbeam. This idea of photography's objectivity seems naive today. The camera itself does not have a point of view, of course, It's only when a person uses the camera to take a picture that it becomes something more than the sunbeam's doing. The question of whether photography is an art form was settled long ago. And yet we often think about the photographers in these first decades of the medium's existence, and the photographs they made, as being, if not objective, then somehow artless. Or, at the very best, we think of their makers as bloodless documentarians, But consider an 1864 photograph by Matthew B. Brady, in which he himself appears to the side of a Union general and his staff. Brady had been in the photography business for twenty years on the warm June day when this photograph was taken, and he had labored so tirelessly to make his work and his name known to the public that he had become the most famous photographer in the land. His specialty was studio photography, often of well-known individuals, ranging from the singer Jenny Lind to President Lincoln, or of interesting groups, such as the first official delegation from Japan to visit the United States. And this is very much a studio photograph taken out of doors. Even the flap of the tent at the left of the image suggests the draperies of the studio, The photograph has been artfully composed. General Robert B. Potter's staff officers are arranged around him roughly by height, each of them wearing a hat and turned toward his boss, while Potter is hatless and staring directly into the lens. Brady has posed himself as what he was, not the subject of the photograph, but its presiding intelligence his gaze not at the lens but bisecting the line between the general, who is in the exact middle of the composition, and the camera.
Brady is the maker of this photograph as well as being in it. One of his operators very likely stood beside the camera and drew out a wooden panel covering the glass negative, permitting the exposure. But an intriguing possibility exists, although experts on cameras of the time doubt it, that Brady is operating the camera himself. In his right hand, he holds something. Could it be a device? And is that a wire or tube running down his right leg, connecting him to the camera? Moving a lens cover? Or a primitive sort of shutter? Exposing the glass negative to the upside-down image carried by the light?